In a world that often feels overwhelming and discouraging, discover encouraging words for a discouraging world. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos, a new book by Dr. David Jeremiah. You'll discover how to face your circumstances with unwavering confidence and hope. Yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $70 or more, Dr. Jeremiah will send you his comprehensive Encouraging Word set. Request these resources at davidjeremiah.ca. Where can you find the strength to overcome life's pressures? Not in a small group or seminar. The Bible says God has given you everything you need. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares five tips for accessing the power God has given you as he continues the series, Encouraging Words for Discouraging Times. Here's David with the conclusion of, God is the source of your strength. Well, I need to tell you this uh, particular phrase is very special to me because it's a part of a song uh, that was written some years ago. And uh, if you have heard the song, you know this phrase well. You are the source of my strength. You are the strength of my life. And that is true. I knew that before, but when I went through a bend in the road, I discovered it even again. You know, people ask all the time, what's wrong with our world? Why why are things so bad today? One of the big problems we all face is the problem of pressure. Because everywhere we're turning, there's financial pressure, emotional pressure, political pressure, scheduling pressures, and the pressure to conform to the culture. I love what we're studying now because when Peter wrote this, he wrote it as a man under pressure. He was one of the best known of Christ's apostles. He was arrested and threatened, actually threatened with his own life. He opened his final known letter, the epistle of Second Peter, by telling us about God's power. It's a tremendous passage we're in the middle of. In the midst of pressure, there's power, and it comes from God. We'll get to it in just a moment. Let me tell you that the book in which all of this information is contained is available from Turning Point. You can get the book for a gift of any size today or throughout the month of January, but you must ask for the book when you send your gift. So help us with the beginning month of this new year as we grab hold of the charges for airtime and production. Your gift helps us do that. It goes directly to ministry, and we thank you for it ahead of time. We'll thank you again when you receive this book. It'll be a blessing to you, and it will add value to your spiritual life. Once again, yours for the asking, encouraging words for a discouraging world. Here's part two of God is the source of your strength. God's promises are great because they always are true. Here's what the Bible says about God's promises in 2 Corinthians 1.20. The Bible says, For every one of God's promises is yes in Christ, Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. That's a tremendous word. In other words, God, you have promised to never leave us or forsake us and to work all things for our good. And God says yes, and we say amen. You guys are good. (laughs) Have you promised to hear and answer our prayers, Lord, to watch over us and deliver us from evil, to give peace and strength to us? And God says yes, and we say Have you promised us an eternal home in heaven where our sin and sickness and sorrow can never intrude into our lives? And God says, yes, and we say, 
I got to tell you, if you're a Baptist preacher, you have to really work hard to get people to say amen. And thank you for doing that. Amen. (laughs) That equation works for all of God's promises. No matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. And through us, they are amen. The Bible teaches that God keeps every promise he has ever made. He never outpromises himself. He's never not fully kept his promise. He keeps them fully, totally, in detail, and forever. His word cannot be broken, and that's why his promises are described as exceedingly great and precious. So we love his promises because there are so many of them. We love his promises because he never breaks them. And we love his promises, thirdly, because they're always available to us. There's a little word that Peter loves to use, and he writes it in his book more than any other writer, I think. It's the word precious. He's using it eight times in the two letters that have his name attached to them. He describes God's promises here as precious. And when he uses that word, he means not in a sentimental way. He means think precious stones, think precious metals, think gold. One of the reasons gold is so precious is because there's not a lot of it. There's not a huge amount of gold, and so we call it a precious metal. And what Peter is talking about here in 2 Peter 1 is that each and every promise God issues you in his word is as precious as gold. So valuable that just one of those promises can make you infinitely richer than somebody who owns all the gold in both of those swimming pools. I believe that. I believe that if you get a hold of the right promise in the right situation, it'll change everything about you, everything about your life. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to go hunting for these promises. We have them in our hands. The precious promises of God we take with us to church every week. We lay the book of those promises down on the nightstand before we go to bed. And we read it in the morning. Sometimes we read it at night. And as you read this book, you understand and recognize the life-changing gifts that God has given you. And when you understand these things, you cannot believe you have them. They're here. And this is what Peter wants us to understand. We don't have to wait for these. We don't have to do anything to get them. We don't have to sign up for them. There's no class where we have to go and learn about them. The Bible says God has given you everything you need through his great, precious promises. There's a lot of places on the West Coast where visitors like to go. One of them is the Hearst Castle. William Randolph Hearst was a wealthy 20th century newspaper publisher, and he was an incredible art collector. One day he read a description of some valuable pieces of art, and he called his people together and he said, I have to have that art immediately. Go find it. I don't care what it costs. He commissioned his agent to go wherever he had to go and get those pieces of art so he could have them for his collection. You can imagine his surprise when he received a telegram from his art agent telling him the pieces were in his own warehouse where his collection of art was stored. (laughs) So if William Hurst had compared the valuable items he wanted with the precious items he already possessed, he would have discovered that the very things he longed for, he already had. And that's what I want to convey to you today most of all. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to go looking for it. Isn't it interesting that we have this and God has given it to us? It's his precious book. 
And instead of going to the precious book where we have promises from God that if we do this, he will connect us to his power, we run around to seminars, we read all kinds of ancillary books, all of which there's nothing wrong with it. But if we do that to the exclusion of reading where the real gold is, we're just messing with our own lives. And then we look up one day and we wonder why it isn't working. It's not going to work unless you follow God's plan. So let me encourage you to remember you have God's power and you have God's promises. And these promises are incredible. One last thing before we get to a couple of practical admonitions. You have God's power. It's been given to you by Almighty God who is himself power. You have God's precious promises. God's given them to you in his book. Those promises are like the electric wires that connect you with the generator of God's almighty power. If you want the power of God, you've got to be in this book. There's no such thing as being a powerful Christian without being in this book. This is the secret to all of that. But number three, you have God's purpose. What is God doing in your life? Why is he doing all of this? Why does God provide you with his divine power through his promises? Because he wants to do something in your life. He has a purpose in mind for you. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that through these things we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now those are some wordy statements. Let me unpack them. First of all, God's purpose for you is that you get his nature. This doesn't mean you're going to become a little God. Some people teach that. It's not true. None of us are ever going to become God. There's only one God. But the Bible says that when we become Christians, God imparts his nature to us. Uh, He doesn't take away the old nature. How many of you know that? (laughs) He doesn't eradicate what we used to be. Because if that were true after we became Christians, we'd never sin. We'd just be perfect. I have a little poem I share where I go. It goes like this. Two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul. The one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. So if you don't feed your new nature, your old nature will still dominate you even if you're a believer. But listen to me. Before you became a believer, you didn't even have an option. You didn't have God's nature. Now the Bible says through these promises... The nature of God that's within you, that's growing in you, in opposition to your old nature, that new nature is being fed. How is it fed? Through the promises of God. You connect the word of God with the nature of God within you. And the Bible says when you do that, number one, you become more godly. And number two, he promises that if you do that, you will escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now let's just pause for a moment and ask ourselves, what in the world does that mean? The world in which we live, men and women, is no longer a world capable of communicating positive things to our lives. Just not. You may have a positive family. You may have a little positive group. But the world as we know it, especially here in the United States, is no longer a world that values virtue, that values goodness. The Bible says there would come a time when we would call evil good and good evil. We're at that time. And all you got to do is watch. I mean, it's just so evident So here we are as believers. We're connected to the power source. We've been given the the divine promises. And the Bible says that you and I as believers, we've been called to live righteous lives in the midst of that culture. We can't be absorbed into this culture. We have to be different. How do we do that? You have to do it through the power of God. Well, how do you get the power of God? Through his great and precious promises that are downloaded into your heart. 
you lean on the power of God and the promises of God, what happens is you become more like Jesus and less like the world. Have you ever heard that married couples who live together long enough start to look alike? I always pray for my wife that that's not true. But uh, (laughs) scientists tell us that emotional interactions within a marriage, like the diet you eat, the environment that you enjoy, your hobbies, how you exercise, all of that creates similar complexions. Partners tend to imitate each other's habits and body languages. So if anybody comes up and tells you, you and your husband are starting to look alike, you take that as a great compliment. The older that I get, the less I ever want to be away from my wife. I don't want to go anywhere without her. Sometimes I have to do that, but I enjoy that not at all. I want to be with her, and I know she feels the same way. That's what happens when you grow together as a couple. And you're in love, and you want to be together. You don't want to miss anything. You want to miss, and we have to share all these wonderful memories together. And we have all these great kids and grandkids. And it's just a great time in life for us. But we do it together. Well, that's the same way it is in our relationship with God. When we spend time with God, when we draw from his power, and we live on his promises, he fulfills his purpose in us, little by little, making us more and more like himself. And the longer we walk with the Lord and the closer we get to him, guess what? The more we look alike. And let me tell you something. He's not going to change to look like us. We got to do all the changing, right? The Bible says that when we practice this, we are conformed to the image of God's son, Romans 8, 29. Well, there you have it. God's power, God's promises, and God's provision, Peter said, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. Not some things. Everything. Now, you say, okay, Pastor, I got that. How do I download all this stuff? So I got a little five-point conclusion. It sounds like I'm a motivational speaker, but hopefully this will be motivational. Here's my five-step strategy for analyzing and downloading this. Here we go. Number one, analyze. Number two, personalize. Number three, memorize. Number four, verbalize. And number five, organize. You ready? Step one, analyze. If you're feeling a little bit powerless in some areas of your life as a Christian, take inventory. Where do you find yourself most lacking power? What do you struggle with? What are your most difficult challenges? Where are you frustrated most in your Christian life? Where are you not doing what you thought you should be doing? What's keeping you from enjoying a life of godliness and joy on your Christian journey? All of us, no matter who we are, listen to me, if we follow the Lord Jesus for very long, we have what the Bible calls some besetting sins. Even the great apostle Paul had his struggles. Have you ever read this verse? He wrote, for what I will to do, that I don't practice. And what I hate, that I do. For the good that I will do, I don't do. But the evil I will not do, that's what I do. (laughs) Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? That sounds kind of contemporary, doesn't it? I could have written that verse for myself, and so could you. So when you're trying to take the promises of God and make them work in your life, the first thing you have to ask yourself is this. Where in my life do I need a promise from God? Where do I need a scripture to fortify my life? Sometimes we allow the Word of God to become so general, it doesn't have any particular good. The Word of God was meant to help us with personal things. So first thing you do is you analyze. Number two, after you analyze, 
Personalize. What does that mean? Well, now that you have your list, start finding the promises of God's word that deal with your challenges. Build a customized treasure of verses that speak to the issues that you are facing. If you've never done anything like this before, get a good concordance and look up the key words on your list. You can use a written concordance or many of you can use it on your computer. What does the Bible say about this thing that I'm struggling with? Get your list of verses that go with your problem. Many verses you locate won't speak directly to your need, but some will. Write those down. Keep adding to your list as you accumulate verses. And you might only find one or two the first week, but that's two more than you had the week before. And remember, these precious promises are what convey God's power to you so that you can deal with the issue in your life. How do I get God's power and integrate it into the thing I'm dealing with? It's going to be through a scripture. Connect your life with the power source. Remember, the book of the Bible with the most promises is Isaiah, and the chapter with the most promises is Psalm 37. So analyze. Here's what my need is. Personalize. Here's what the scripture says. I know this one will kill you. Memorize. How many of you know there's a tremendous value in memorizing scripture? The psalmist said this, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I started memorizing the Bible as a child as part of an organization called the Bible Memory Association. All these years later, believe it or not, all these years later, I still remember verses that I memorized when I was a child. And that's one of the greatest things you can give to your children and grandchildren is a desire to download God's word into their heart. So I could give you hundreds of reasons why Bible memory is a good thing, but let me just give you the most important one in light of what we're talking about today. The reasons for Bible memorization are simply this. When you memorize the Bible, you make God's Word portable. When you memorize the Bible, you have the Bible with you wherever you go. How many of you know when you get into a tough spot, you can't say, could you just hold it while I go get my concordance? I know there's a verse in the Bible here for that. No, that doesn't work, does it? Most of the issues we have in life are instantaneous, momentary. We don't have a long time to go find. So you got to get some stuff in your hard drive. You know, the Holy Spirit can only use what you have in your hard drive. He can't make you aware of something that's not there. So as hard as it may be, just take one simple verse, one verse that deals with something you're dealing with. Memorize that verse. Call it to memory. And when you memorize the verse on your list, you can recall that promise anytime, no matter where you are. Now, here's fourth one. I don't ever hear anybody talk about this. Analyze, personalize, memorize. Fourth, verbalize. If you want to make these promises stick to the ribs of your spiritual being, Find ways to share them with others. Speak them out loud. I mean, my wife has helped me memorize, and I'll read it, and she says, no, you missed this verse. You know, Now you've got computers, and you can write them out, and there's all kinds of ways to do this. But what you need to do, once you get a verse, share it as often as you can. Share it with a spouse. Share it with a close friend. Find every excuse you can say these promises out loud. Say them aloud and address them to your problem. Here's one thing I've written down in my journal. It's one thing to tell God about your problems, but sometimes you need to tell your problems about God. And when you do that with the Word of God, you neutralize the situation. 
So here you go. Analyze, figure out what it is you're dealing with. Personalize, find the right scripture. Memorize, commit some of them to memory. Number four, verbalize, tell them to everybody. Because as soon as you start telling them to somebody, it will be easier for you to remember them. And then organize. When you start doing this, you'll get a little list. So you organize the list, and here's how you do it. Get yourself a little loose-leaf notebook that you can move the pages around. Whatever problem it is you're working with, put this title at the top of the page. When you get a verse from your study, print the verse out, write it out on the page. Little by little, you're not only adding verses, but you're adding pages. Then you can put those pages in alphabetical order, and you've built your own little memory bank to help you download the power of God into your own life. And I want to tell you something, friends. I've tried to put this in the easiest way that I know how. This is what works. This is how it happens. There's no mystery to this. You don't just wake up one day and you're more godly than you were the day before. This is a process that God has given to us in his word, and I recommend it to you. If you just remember those five things and the important promises of the word of God, you will find incredible things happening in your life. At the age of two, Caden Kobeki was diagnosed with a kidney disease. By the time he reached sixth grade, his condition was totally deteriorating. Caden had endured a kidney transplant when he was five. His father donated that kidney, but complications required it to be moved just a few days later. And Caden's been on dialysis ever since with a dialysis plasmophoresis catheter implanted in his small chest. Doctors recently told his parents that in his condition, he couldn't receive a kidney from a deceased donor. He needed a living kidney donor. He was desperate. His family sought through a Facebook page called Caden's Kidney Search to find a donor. And they couldn't find one. Meanwhile, Caden's sixth grade technology teacher, William Wilkinson, was profoundly touched by his ailing student. William quietly decided to find out if he was a match. And if he was, he was determined to give Caden one of his kidneys. William was a match, and he became Caden's kidney donor. It wasn't until William came to visit that Caden and his family learned who the donor was. Caden's parents struggled to find words to express their gratitude to the man who gave their son a second chance at life. The Wilkinsons moved to the Atlanta area almost the same time as we did, Caden's mother wrote. We both chose the same school for our kids. Our sons are in the same class. We've been so blessed to call them our friends. This all isn't coincidence. God had a hand in this. He places us where we need to be. He puts people in our lives that we need. Will, you are such a selfless person, our true hero. We love you, we appreciate you, and we just cannot thank you enough, she said. So pause for just a moment and put yourself in Caden's place. It's hard for you to imagine someone loving you enough to do something like William Wilkinson did. But it shouldn't be hard because someone already did that for you. Someone already gave you everything you need for a second chance at the life God planned for you to enjoy. He did it out of love. He did it at great expense to himself. He did it specifically for you. So the question is, how will you spend the rest of your life that was given to you at great sacrifice? You see, according to Second Peter, you have everything you need to live in a way that will make your life better and that will honor the donor who gave you a second chance.
What power, what a promise. My prayer is that as we work through these lessons from this section of Scripture, it will dawn upon us in the deepest part of our life what God has done for us. He not only gave us eternal life so we can spend eternity with Him in heaven, He gave us everything we need to live a life on this earth that will bring glory to His name. I'm still discovering a lot of this, but I hope you'll join me in the discovery process. Amen? Amen. We all say amen to that. To read in the Bible that God has given us everything we need is kind of a jolt to our system because one of the things that happens to us is our wants become our needs. God says, no, here's what you need. I've got what you need. What I've learned is you need to go through some stress to find out what your needs really are. Because like most people, you think there are a lot of things they are not. But um, difficulty... Um, boils everything down to the essential, and you discover when that happens, there is God right in the middle of it all saying, here it is. I've got your back. I've got what you need. Hey, don't forget to order the book with all of this encouraging information in it. We still have a long ways to go before we're finished. Many other encouraging messages and chapters are in this book. You can get the book, Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World, with a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of January. Just send a gift and say, please send me the book. It's on its way to you as soon as we hear those words. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Let us know how Turning Point is impacting you by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098. RPO Sawasan Delta BC V4L2M4 Visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or calling 800-946-4300 Ask for your copy of David's new book Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World 10 Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos It's yours for a gift of any amount You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand with our streaming service, Turning Point Plus, for a monthly gift of any amount. Visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue encouraging words for discouraging times on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Do you believe Jesus is with you in every moment? One of the best ways to instill this truth is by spending time in reflection and prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah makes this easy with his new 365-day devotional called Walking with Jesus. This exclusive book is available for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a donation of $120 or more, you'll receive the devotional four-pack, perfect for gifting. Learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca. If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. The American comedic actress, Lisa Kirk, made a wise observation about what people talk about. She said, gossips talk about other people. 
Bores talk about themselves, and a brilliant conversationalist is a person who talks to you about you. Of course, we think anyone is brilliant who wants to talk about us, but her point is well made for another reason. A fundamental principle in the New Testament is the idea of being more concerned about others than we are about ourselves. And one way we do that is by taking a genuine interest in others' lives. And conversation, oh, that's a great place to begin. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's interest in you on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Today.